Hello and welcome to the Legacy Leaders Podcast. I am your host for today, Lua Muzumara, joined with the founder of the Legacy Leaders Organization, and we'll be sharing thoughts on public speaking. In our previous episode, we've been going through the Thrive Seminar, having a review and breaking down the various concepts of what it takes to be a thriving leader. On this particular podcast, we'll be sharing content as regards to how you can make your presentation valuable. The thing is, you can have a valuable piece of work, but if you do not present it well, it means your listeners may fall prey to being lagged back as regards to valuing the content that you are presenting. And so, when it comes to content, I've been listening to Sandashi Kapimbo for a long time now, and one of the things I can really say about his public speaking, it's well vested in preparation. And really that's what I want to dive into, what it takes to prepare yourself for a good public speaking platform. Sander Shikapimbo, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here as a guest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> such a good thing to be here. And I'm so I'm so glad to have you on, on, on the show with me. And I'm sure we're going to have a good conversation that people are going to learn from and benefit from. So let's get into it. I, I, I can't wait. I, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> equally, equally. Yeah. Glad to be learning from you today. And when it comes to preparation process, what are, the, what are some of the things that you feel are a necessity to preparing yourself mm-hmm. before a public speaking platform. In your experience, what has worked and what yeah. do you think has failed? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you and I have um, a history, and for you, not a history because you're currently still doing this in, in poetry, right? And one of the things that I always taught whenever we had poetry clinics, and I still teach at people today in terms of public speaking, is I always start here audience purpose analysis. I think that is that, that is a foundation of any good presentation. Can you analyze your audience? Can you analyze the purpose of your presentation? Are you looking to inform? Are you looking to inspire? Are you looking to um, to enlighten, to educate? What is the purpose of your presentation? Can you analyze that? And what that does for you is that it helps you to pick the relevant language, illustrations, you know, examples or metaphors. What is going to be um, the suitable illustrations to best communicate your message? You know, what is going to be the tone of your voice? What is going to be the variation in the tone of your voice as well? You know, so you analyze the purpose that you have to help you be more effective even in your presentation. Then it comes to the audience analysis, right? So this is so important. You know, I can never overemphasize this point when it comes to audience analysis. It can be the deal breaker for you. You can have the right message, but if you present it to a wrong audience, it may not be effective. Mm. And what I mean by wrong audience is not that the audience that is before you is the wrong one, but I mean that your way of presentation is not fit for the audience that is before you, right? Let's say that you are presenting to uh, to people that are not an expert, that are not experts in science, right? So I have this presentation and I want to talk about, uh, let's say I'm a medical doctor, Right. And I want to inform the public. I want to inform this group of individuals about something that is happening, happening at our hospital or what this disease, what this illness is, because I understand that these are not medical experts that I have to communicate with. How do I then avoid the jargon? How do I use the the, the, the words that will fit this particular audience? I can use all the jargon and sound exciting and sound intelligent but not be effective. I will mm. speak, but not communicate, mm. 
right? So that's that, that's the that's how important audience analysis is. Mm-hmm. Who is going to be before me in terms of be it in terms of expertise, be it in terms of demographic, you know, um, just having a background knowledge of your audience helps you to better prepare. It also helps your dress code. Mm-hmm. You know, your audience determines all of that. Mm-hmm. You you can you 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 know there's a you can go before an audience. You have this message that is prepared, but just the way that you appear gives the audience a hurdle to get past before they start listening to you. They have to figure out whether they have to listen to you or not. So is this is this somewhere that you wear? You have to wear a suit. Is this somewhere where you have to be casual? Mm. You know. So all that comes in as you factor in the audience that is going to be before you. So purpose audience analysis, that's a place to start. Wonderful. Yeah. Amazing. I think. In line with your point, audience analysis, and you go on stage and you do your presentation with the research that you've had. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I've struggled with is how do you know that the speech or the presentation is effective? Uh, because there's two sides of it. There's mm-hmm. there's the feedback side of it in terms of the actual audience there. Yeah. But there's also you trusting that the audience that you're giving them is valuable. And when you are saying you can present something well and not communicate, how do you know that? How do you know that? you missed the mark in terms of your communication because different audiences react in different ways. Yeah. So speaking on a personal level, how do you, how are you able to comprehend the fact that it was an effective speech and the tools that I used now, I can use them again because I realized yeah. the effectiveness of what I did. Okay. Um, so feedback is a major part, obviously. Feedback, uh, feedback, feedback, feedback is a major part of it. Just being able to to, to listen back or, or, you know, to get feedback from the people that I was communicating with is a big deal because then um, um, I can know of where it leads them to, how they interpreted my message, you know. And, and also if, you, if, if we are in a physical location, this is the perhaps what made public speaking or presentations hard uh, during this period that we have been in, the fact that we have to, I have to sit in front of a camera and not... I not see the people that I'm communicating with because one of the things that I do when I'm in an actual room with people is is to map the room and and there are different ways that you can map the room. You know, it can be through the questions that you ask randomly to the audience. It can be through watching fascias, body language. All those can be feed, ways of feedback apart from uh, what someone actually says. You know, so when you are in a physical location with people, there are ways that you can map the room. Uh, one of the things you do not want to happen as a public speaker is when you are speaking for someone to feel as if that's the opportunity for them to go and use the bathroom, Mm. right? Mm. Then there's something off about your presentation. Either you are confusing them or you're boring, Yeah. right? Uh, But can I engage in such a way that I can literally tell, you know, be it through a nod, when I look you in the eyes, there's a way as a public communicator, as a communicator, let me say, that you're able to map and feel the atmosphere in a room. And that's a blessing of physical meetings. But then, you, like, like, like I said, we, we are now using a lot of Zoom and mm-hmm. all these other platforms. And so it, it goes uh, back to a lot of getting feedback, just being able to get feedback from people. How did you understand this? How is this? How is this for you? You know, I think that's why you observe that I'm, I'm always big on feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever we have something, I'm always feed, uh, big on feedback. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. Packaging information, though. Mm-hmm. How do you package your information in such a way that um, you don't forget or you don't miss the mark as regards to how you laid it? Because mm-hmm. you can have five points and you can yeah. go from point one to point five to point three to point, mm-hmm. and you're all over the place. Yeah. So at the same time, when you do your audience analysis, you prepare yeah. yourself and uh, you're aware of the fact that you need to get feedback. 
how do you package your information in such a way that you avoid what you're saying where you have people walking out on you or per se having faces in the audience that may put you off as regards to finding your presentation boring mm-hmm. so in order to avoid that you know that you have to package yourself well how do you do that how do you package your line of thought yeah. smoothly mm-hmm. i think we're still we, we are still in preparation mm-hmm. right all that is still um going to happen in preparation mm-hmm. um, empathy is still a big part of being a good communicator and what i mean by empathy is just in this case just being able to place yourself in another person's shoes if i was listening to myself and this is the flow of this presentation will i uh, will i follow through or will i be confused you know so you, you you put yourself in in different shoes and just try to understand ask yourself questions that the audience would ask during your presentations and answer them right so you you anticipate what questions would be asked and you answer them within your presentation you know uh, to help the audience stay glued Now, to answer more directly the question of how do you deal with the aspect of information packaging or flow, outline. Outline is the answer to that. Mm. So you critically think about the outline. What is best to come first? What is best to come second? What is best to come last? Mm -hmm. You know, that's something as well, personally, that I'm very intentional about when I write a book, when I present, when I preach, when I teach, is the outline. You know, so what is going to be the best outline for, for for this point? You know, do I start by talking about this and then end up by defining a term? Unless that was my my intention. Otherwise, that sounds weird to me that you can talk about a subject for 20 minutes and then define the key term at the end. Unless that was your aim. But otherwise, you want to start by defining something so that you break the ice. People understand what you're talking about. And then you build the, you build the case from there. Mm. Right. So... Uh, you just be intentional about thinking about the outline. What is the first thing I'm going to say? Then after this, what can best come after? Then here's a. I think this is, this is this is God. Start with the end in mind. Mm. Right. So you start with the end in mind. This is where I want to end. And of course, obviously, because you did your purpose analysis, you already had in mind where you want to end. By the time I'm done, what do I expect people to feel, experience, know? or have an understanding of i start with the end in mind then i ask my, myself a question how do i get there right so I, i i start from the end and then i backtrack how do i get there i need to say this then i need to say this i need to do that abc so that's how i think around uh you know doing an outline and the more you do this it becomes second nature trust me when i'm doing when i'm doing presentations now i'm not sitting and saying i am now doing people's audience analysis it has become hardwired for me whenever i have a presentation it's hard wired it's just it's become like a natural process that i go through without thinking about mm. yeah amazing and i think what that does it helps with your composure i feel mm. the more you have knowledge of what you're about to present yeah. and when you have that awareness of how you want to lay it mm-hmm. it gives you composure in the sense that when you go in st- stand in front of people because you know what you you've studied and you have faith that what you've studied is valuable for your listeners yeah all of a sudden that that anxiety begins to leave slowly and slowly mm-hmm. now talking about the same when it comes to composure um there are sometimes i believe i'll talk from a personal sense there are sometimes even when i've laid the information right i've done my purpose and audience analysis but the nerves are still there The yeah. anxiety may be still there. My palms are still sweating. Mm-hmm. What do I do in that sense? What what do you what's your advice for that person who wants to engage in public speaking even yeah. though he has the vast amount of knowledge as regards to what he's about to present mm-hmm. but the palms get sweaty just before presenting. Yeah. 
I think that's a normal feeling, mm. honestly speaking. Mm-hmm. You know, even the best of communicators do, do get chills sometimes. Mm. You know, but it's when you get there and you open your presentation, the first one minute, or let me say the first 30 seconds, you may still be feeling fearful, you know, or scared. But as you drive through that, if, you're, if, if you stick with it, trust me, at some point, you won't even realize, you know, how did I get to this new level of confidence? You know, so you, you don't have to display your fear when you get on stage because, again, the first 20 seconds are critical. You can gain or lose an audience, right? So the first understanding is the fact that that's a normal feeling. Even the best of communicators do feel those chills, mm-hmm. you know, um, do feel scared or and the likes. But it's about the mindset at the end of the day. When you still stand and you begin to communicate, confidence, just like you said, to a large extent is based on knowledge. You know, so you have well researched your subject and you are ready for this for this moment. And it's okay if you feel scared. Courage means that you still go you still go on and do it despite uh, despite feeling scared in that moment. So the the answer to that is still do it. Go mm-hmm. ahead and j- just do it. Yeah. You know, and I've I've had moments like that where I don't even understand why do I feel like this. You know, I, I enjoy public speaking. It's not even, it's not even a question. Mm-hmm. But there are moments that I just where I'm like, oh, why am I feeling like this? You know, because I know my mindset when it comes to public speaking. I'm always looking forward. Yeah. But then there are, there are times where your body just betrays you. The excitement you have and how your body is reacting are totally different. Yeah. You know, so it's like your body is betraying you. But I get there, and when I begin, as I'm going, it just evaporates, and I get into the zone, and I keep going. I mean, you know. Yeah. Amazing. And I think one of the things that I'll, I'll, I'll highlight as regards to the same is there is the posture of that confidence booming as you begin to present yourself. Yeah. But there are certain things that are, with, with that, with, that are not within your reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are certain times you can go and do a poem or whatever presentation, your mic betrays you. <laughs> or, or maybe you yeah. trip, I don't know, in some yeah. way, or one way or another. But something just happens that is not within your reach to control. Mm-hmm. What do you do there? What What do you think is the mark that makes you a great public yeah. speaker when something is not going your way yeah. and you have to turn it around? Humor. <laughs> humor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's 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 a best friend. Humor is your best friend mm. in those moments. You know, there there are times when I would, if I'm doing, you know, I'm communicating and I would make a mistake. There are times when I would try to run away from it, but the thing is, it will remain in my mind to say, I, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. So I'll make more mistakes. Right. Wow. But the way that I've begun to use humor as my best friend in those moments is I make a mistake, I will joke about it. Right. And we'll move on. So maybe I do an LR mm. or joke about it mm-hmm. and we'll move on. Something goes wrong, pass a comment, be cheerful, you know, move on. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you do not want to lose your confidence because of that, of something that is out of your control. You know, so it's, it's about using it to your advantage. The mic goes wrong. What comment can you pass about that? Turn yeah. it into humor. Yeah. You know, if you can get the crowds to laugh with you, trust me, they'll go so far with you. Mm. Right. So, in fact, let me use this opportunity to say this. There, this, this, something that I've learned from from Maxwell, John Maxwell, in terms of communication, whether writing or pub- public speaking. In this case, um, four H's that are critical. One is I just mentioned humor. Mm-hmm. Two is heart. Three is hope. Uh, okay, I've, I've forgotten the other one. So there's heart, mm-hmm. hope help mm. and I, I mentioned the first one humor humor yeah. great yeah so we have humor we have heart hope 
help, humor, something that makes the audience laugh, yeah. hope, something that makes them feel that they can do it or actually see that they can do it, mm-hmm. heart, something that captivates their heart, help, something that gives them a practical step they can take. Wow. Right? So you, 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 you put all this in your presentation mm-hmm. and you make people want to listen to you. So when something goes wrong, to go, just to go back to your question, something goes wrong, have fun with it. <laughs> that has been my way of dealing with that. And guess what? It works. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. And when we, I'm looking at timing, though. Yeah. Um, because, and I think I've struggled with this in the sense that I may prepare something long mm-hmm. and not know whether it's long. So does this come with experience whereby you know your layout is within the time? Yeah. Because sometimes you may lay out five points and it's, mm-hmm. you've been given 15 minutes to speak. Yeah. Within 10 minutes, you've, already lay, you, you've laid out only two points. Yeah. So talk about that when it comes to, does that come with experience or yeah. does that come with just you analyzing yourself as regards to the preparation? Mm-hmm. How do you lay out your presentation in the sense that it's within the time that you may have been given at that point? Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the questions that I would ask even before I answer that to to our podcast friends is, when it comes to being a, a, a communicator, a public speaker, just how good do you want to be, right? Mm. The question is, how far are you willing to go? Because that determines what you're willing to do, right? I, I have always known how good of a public communicator or a communicator that, I've, that I want to be. Mm-hmm. And that has determined how far I've been willing to go in terms of preparation and practice. Mm. You know, uh, so, and I, I say that because sometimes when you are building yourself as a public speaker, as a communicator, it takes practice. It takes going through your entire presentation from the first to the last and you time yourself mm-hmm. and you do that repeatedly. You know, so presentation after presentation, if you practice that, what begins to happen that somehow there they becomes they come a moment where. You, you begin to get a sense of time. You know, in my life, I've had a privilege of, of actually attending public speaking contests where they would not tell you the time. So they would just say that your presentation has to be five minutes. And then you, so you make your speech, but the judges know it's five minutes. And if you exceed five minutes, they'll start deduct, deducting points. Mm-hmm. So you had to get a sense of time. Mm-hmm. Being in school as well, when, when we're, you know, whether you're defending your thesis or dissertation or, 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 or anything of that sort, there's a time frame to that. Mm-hmm. So how do, you, how do you present your thesis within that time frame? You have to practice. Otherwise, mm-hmm. there's no way that you're going to be able to tell. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and that is something that uh, you, know, you gain more of a, of a hold on mm-hmm. with, with experience. Mm-hmm. But if you're just starting out, how far are you willing to go? Whoa. There's nothing wrong with going through your entire presentation and time yourself. And then you can make adjustments, oh, yeah. you know, and by the time you're done <laughs> practicing, you, you probably even feel hungry, but it's worth the price. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, th- that's, that's honestly, I'm saying that because it's something I've had to do. It's yeah. something I, I have had to do. You know, I've had sometimes to, to say one word repeatedly because I, I, I just have to get the right way to pronounce it yeah. or the right way to say it, yeah. but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's worth it. So I think being, an effective and good communicator is not something that happens by chance. It comes with practice Whoa. and investment. Wow. Yeah. And with the same, I feel the whole time limitation factor, a lot of times you may, and this happens even just in documented kind of work mm-hmm. where 
you're writing something even even at school you may be having an exam and you've been given five questions mm-hmm. just because you know number one is your favorite <laughs> point to explain yeah you can't spend one hour 30 minutes there mm-hmm. and sometimes you find that because you're excited at one particular point you miss the mark as regards to your outline so mm-hmm. i think it goes in line with everything you've been saying the fact that your outline should help you automatic uh to a huge extent when you yeah. get on stage mm-hmm. because you may get excited on point one and forget that there are so many points that you need to lay out yeah. and you miss out on the credibility of these other points and so what do you in in, in closing or rather uh, as we get to the end of our podcast one thing i'll ask you is packaging everything together what makes a good presentation what are the some of the essentials that you say wow that was a good presentation mm-hmm. I think the, the, the purpose of, of, of a presentation is communication. It's about transferring meaning. You know, if you learn about the communication process, uh, the process is not done with just, just because a message has been sent. A communication is done because, because a message has been received and there's feedback, mm-hmm. right? So ultimately what makes it for a good presentation is a, it's not just the fact that you spoke, but you communicated, wow. right? So to be heard is one thing, but are you being understood? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's my responsibility as a communicator to help my audience understand. That is a place of examples. Mm-hmm. That is a place of illustrations, of metaphors and the likes, because I'm trying to help my audience to understand my message. Yeah. It is my responsibility to transfer meaning. So this is what I have in my head, but when I say it, how is it being interpreted? Yeah. It is my responsibility to help my audience interpret the message based on how I package it. So those are going to be the, the markers of my of, of an effective presentation. How effectively have I spoken for people to be able to interpret what I am saying? You know, so I, I have to take on that res- responsibility, take on the responsibility of helping my audience to get me. Well, you know, because that's that's what matters at the end of the day. It's not, you know, um, early on in my days of doing debate, uh, I was always rushed to leave the stage because, you know, you go there, you're anxious, you're scared. You just want to get away from the stage. So you speak and, and I used to, you speak so fast and you're off. And then I, later on, I began to realize, you know, I don't get to stage so that I can get off stage. Mm, yeah. I get on stage so that I can communicate. Yeah. And so I have to do what it takes for me to communicate, then I can get off stage. You know, so those again are some of the mindset that I be, that I believe are important for having uh, effective uh, presentations. Yeah. You know, get on stage, not with the purpose of getting off, but with the purpose of communicating what your message yeah. is. Wow. Charisma. Mm. I'm looking at charisma <laughs> from the sense of, is it inborn or can you build charisma? What would you say? I, I, I think I'm really interested in this question. Yeah. <laughs> Because the, someone may be listening to this and, and they may be in the back of their mind, they, be, they may be thinking, I have been told I'm a boring speaker mm. or I, I don't speak as well or as eloquent. Yeah. What's your advice for them in the sense of, as I was saying, when it comes mm. to charisma, usually public speakers draw an audience to listen to them by virtue of their charisma in as much as they prepared and the likes. But mm-hmm. there's that charisma they carry with them on stage. Yeah. How do you help somebody who's lacking that charisma? You know, I, I have seen, and honestly, not everybody is, is charismatic, if I may mm. put it that way. But I have seen people that do not have as much charisma, but, I, but have captivated audiences. Wow. You know, so you have to find 
um, you have to find ways to leverage what what is within your reach. Mm. You know, if something is missing, some something is there. Mm. You know, not everything is missing. So, if you're missing one thing, think about what you have that you can utilize to captivate your audience. You know, is it in the way that you communicate? Is it in the way that you open your presentations? Yeah. Right. This is uh, when. When I preach, usually I like to open like the first one minute or two minutes of my presentations. I like to engage people to think. Yeah. Right. So I would, if I read perhaps a, a Bible verse, I I almost as if get away from it completely, and make a statement that is not, in the first instance, fully connected to what I just read. Right. But that statement, by the time I am done. When I introduce the subject of what I'm about to talk about, now it makes sense. So in that moment, what I'm doing is I engage them such that you are going to listen. You know, that's, that may not really require charisma, but it's about what can I use in what I say, what I present that will captivate the audience. So not everybody uh, may be charismatic. There are people that can be charismatic, but they, are, they cannot be effective communicators. Wow. Because I want to stress this point. To speak is one thing. To communicate is another. At the third level, to connect is yet another. Wow. Right? So many can speak, but it's about communication. It's about connection. And those are all different layers to this. And so being, being, not being charismatic does not mean you cannot be effective as a communicator. You can. You know, and if it's something that you can practice or want to build on, you can build, in, build, build it on to an extent. But the fact is we are different. We are just simply different as people, you know. So there are people that will always be more charismatic than others, you know. But doesn't mean that those that are not charismatic cannot communicate. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Lovely. And in closing, I just want you to share on this one thing because the narrative of public speaking, is it a necessity for every individual? Mm-hmm. Or is it just a necessity for leaders? And for somebody listening to this podcast and they feel public speaking may not be needed for them, mm-hmm. what's your word for them? Do you think they have the right to validate themselves in the sense that they don't need to have a public speaking prowess? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there are, there are, there are people that have it uh, to whom it's, it's more of a demand, especially people that are in leadership positions. It's more of a demand, right? Uh, but... For everybody else, there's, uh, if you're speaking to two people, two individuals, you're already in a public speaking mm. environment. Yeah. Right. So it's, uh, it's, it's all about you. Do you ever see yourself in those positions? And I believe that you do. We all do public speaking, but in different capacities. Wow. And so even the, the, be it the methods that we may implore may be different. But if you just want to be effective, you have to think about that. I think it's something that... Um, it's good to have in your in your toolbox, right? Obviously, for leaders, I mean, leadership is all about communication. Mm. How are you going to cast your vision? How are you going to, you know, gather people, you know, towards one goal? Mm-hmm. How are you going to motivate, inspire? You know, all that is 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 communication. There is no business, there's no company, no church that can run without communication. So it's it's a it's a premium demand for leaders. To be able to communicate effectively and to you know to present effectively it can be the deal breaker or the deal maker in a lot of instances so 
I think there's a premium demand on on certain levels of leadership, um, but for everybody else as well, I, I still think that it's, it's it's a good thing to consider to have in a toolbox. And of course, the way that we have talked about it on this particular podcast, it has been more in a sense of public presentations, right? On a platform per se. That's what mm. we talked about, audience analysis and the likes. But if you're if you're talking to your your siblings, or you're talking to your children, that's a whole different kind of a setup there, and we can you know maybe have a, a totally different conversation around that you know but um in this case strictly talking more to leaders in in, in the capacity of positional leadership it's 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 a there's a premium on it wow yeah amazing amazing i'm sure we've got a vast majority of the information as regards to public speaking on this podcast i'm looking forward to the next podcast and you should too and so if you're listening in to this podcast i, I would like to invite you to invite another person, to invite you for the next podcast so that you can invite another person and we continue to grow this particular platform. And if you've been following us as regards to our podcast, make sure you tune in to our page, our Facebook page and our Instagram page where more of our content is shared. And we'll be looking forward to interacting with you on a consistent basis via our social media platforms. From us at The Legacy Leaders, here with Sanda Shikapemboa, Lua Muzumara, we say, leave a legacy and thrive. Till next time.